thankful for the victory that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, if you have Him today, you've already won the victory. That battle's over and done with. And, and uh, if you don't have Him today, you need to get the victory through Jesus Christ. wonder if there's something on your heart, a word, a testimony, another song, a request, whatever that it might be. Um, as I said, I do need your prayers. I, I feel um, I feel very, very weak today. But I'll ask you to turn to Second Corinthians chapter number twelve, and um, and it's a familiar scripture, but but one that I've thought about this week. And and sometimes the Lord will lay on us a lot of different thoughts and. And I uh, seem to like it better that way. Sometimes he'll just lay upon us one, um, one little verse or two, and and uh, and I don't really know which way to go with it. But uh, we're just going to try to read it and try to feel our way through. And and sometimes we might just read and sit down and let the Lord work. But but uh, we'll see how it how it goes today. But Second um, Corinthians chapter number twelve. This is the Apostle Paul. Uh, speaking to the church at Corinth, um, and starting with the first verse, it says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above fourteen years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. <clears throat> I've, uh, I've thought this week uh, really just about the grace of God, and, and uh, I'd like to begin by saying I'm thankful for the grace of God. Uh, thankful that uh, the grace of God, we know that Paul told the Ephesians, the people at Ephesus, it is by grace are you saved through faith. And it is a gift of God, uh, not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
And I've thought about the grace that has been poured out unto us. We are fortunate enough to live in the day of grace. And I've heard it said by preachers my whole life that we are sinning away the day of grace. And I would say that's accurate today. We are absolutely sinning away the day of grace. I was charging the church yesterday at, at, uh, at the ordination and, and uh, at New Design, and I told them, and I'll tell you, we are, we are uh, in a place and God has bestowed grace upon America. There's no doubt about that. He's, he's given us freedoms that nobody on the face of the earth has ever had. And, uh, but I would remind you that America is just a babe. We are, we were talking in Sunday school about, uh, Syria, and you talk about countries of old, the old countries in the Middle East. They're ancient. They've been there for thousands of years, but America is still just a babe. We, this is still an experiment, and, and it's still, uh, it's been proven to work, but, but I'm afraid we have, uh, we are sending away the grace that God has bestowed upon our country. I thought about how that we are uh, fixing to appoint somebody to the Supreme Court that, that when asked the definition of a woman, she cannot or will not say what a woman is. And, and I could take any one of these young children in here and they could tell you what a woman is. But, but here's a woman that we are appointing to the highest court in the land and, uh, and, and supposed to have, I'll be honest, I have no confidence in her ability uh, to judge hard cases if she does not even know the difference between a man and a woman. And we are appointing her to the highest court in the land. And I said to them yesterday the same thing that I'll say to you today. Uh, what a shock it's going to be when, when the judges are judged one day. Uh, they might sit on the highest court. They might sit on the highest bar. Uh, they might make decisions that will affect the lives of millions of people. Uh, but they themselves are going to stand before a holy judge and a holy God, and uh, and what a shock that's going to be on the souls of the... And I'm not just picking on her, uh, but on the other eight as well. Uh, uh, we are sending away the day of grace. America, uh, by, by all rights of human standards, should, uh, should have never won our freedom. We... We were just a ragtag band of farmers and, and going against the greatest military power at that time the world knew. And, uh, but somehow or another, God uh, had a plan uh, and He used George Washington and our founding fathers uh, uh, to create a place where the gospel would be preached for a couple of hundred years up to this point. But I'm afraid today that that grace that we've loved and that we've known, we are sending that grace away. We are in danger of losing our freedoms. We are in danger from corrupt judges and corrupt politicians. We are in danger. We are in danger, church, of just coming in and and taking our places on the pews and, and not really doing anything with the grace 
that has been bestowed upon us. Uh, I want you to know that uh, that to be an American today and to be a Christian today, uh, there has been great grace that has been given to each one of you uh, and to me also. Uh, I thought about the grace of God. You don't have to look far in the Scriptures. You don't have to read far from the beginning uh, before you can find the grace of God. For it was in chapter 3 that man sinned. Uh, the third chapter of the Bible, uh, mankind sinned uh, and they sinned against God and, and Adam sinned willfully having the knowledge of God, having the knowledge and the law to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and, and yet he sinned away that grace uh, and he partook of that tree uh, but the grace of God sought for Adam as we find that God walked in the garden in the cool of the day and He began to seek after and to search after Adam. And I thought different times in my life. And the night that I got saved, I wasn't looking for God. God, I don't even remember the message of the man of God. But it was it was others being under conviction and coming to the altar. But God used their conviction and He used what they were doing to begin to show me in my little heart that I wasn't right with God, that I needed to be seeking after Him the way they were seeking after Him. And that was the grace of God. You might say that it's a scary thing. It is a frightening, scary thing when conviction comes upon a soul. But my friend, did you know that that is the grace of God being extended to you to give you a opportunity to make things right with God. That's the goodness and the love of God when you begin to feel that condemnation and know that it's a condemnation but it's out of love. It's a godly sorrow that the grace of God is sent to you to find forgiveness from your sins, to find eternal life, to find His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, precious in your sight. Uh, so he sought after Adam uh, and he said, Adam, where art thou? Who told you, Adam, that you were naked? Uh, in other words, the grace of God was in the garden. Uh, from the time that man sinned, uh, God had already prepared a way uh, from before the foundation of the world uh, to make a way for grace to abound. Uh, Paul tells the church at, uh, in uh, Romans, I think it is, in about the fifth chapter, uh, where sin abounded, uh, grace did much more abound. And he's talking about when Adam sinned that because one man sinned, death came upon the world and death entered into the world because of sin. And so all men die for all men are sinners. But he says where, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I'm thankful today for the grace of God. I'm thankful today we read in your Scripture in the Scripture reading about the Apostle Paul and how he had every right to glory at this church at Corinth. Even though Paul had written to them 1 Corinthians, even though he had been to them on missionary journeys, they were 
questioning the authority that Paul had and Paul was having to defend himself into these people at Corinth. He was having to defend his apostleship. He was having to defend what he stood for and what he fought for. And he talks about in the 11th chapter that I didn't read, he says, are they ministers of Christ? I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes. Now that means that five different occasions he was beaten with thirty-nine stripes across his backside. Three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Three times I suffered a shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. He said I've been in journeyings often in perils of waters and perils of robbers and perils of mine own countrymen and perils by the heathen and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea and perils among false brethren and weariness and painfulness and watchings often and hunger and thirst and fastings and in cold and in nakedness and beside the things that are without the things that are within the care of all the churches. He said if any man has any reason to glory in the flesh it's me Uh, but he said I will not glory in the flesh Uh, he said what I will glory in Uh, he had a revelation the Bible says Uh, he was caught up in the third heaven uh, and for 14 years he kept this a secret Uh, uh, for 14 years uh, I believe he told no apostle about it Uh, I believe he told no brethren about it Uh, I believe he told no church about it Uh, uh, but here he finally comes clean and says 14 years ago I was caught up into the third heaven, caught up into the paradise of God. I want you to get a hold of that this morning. My friends, I've never been caught up into the third heaven. Paul said whether I was in the body or whether I was out of the body, I don't know. In other words, if my soul might have left, maybe it was one of the times he was stoned or shipwrecked or in perils of robbers and maybe for a time his soul did leave his body he said I don't know if I was really there or if it was a vision but he said I was called up into the third heaven I was called up into the paradise of God why do you think Paul was able to endure the things that he endured my friend he saw what awaited him in glory land he saw what was on the other side. He said, I heard things that it's not lawful for me to utter. In other words, God wouldn't let Paul speak of those things. He said, but lest I should be exalted above measure, there was given to me a thorn in the side, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. And that's what I've thought about this week. Uh, Oh, Satan has his work. uh, uh, But Paul didn't look at it uh, as a curse. He looked at it as a gift. Uh, He said, it was given unto me. Uh, He said, I've assault the Lord three times uh, uh, for that to go away. Uh, uh, But he said, no. Uh, I can imagine the Apostle Paul. uh, uh, People have speculated what that thorn in the flesh might be. And we don't really know if it was a physical ailment. How we do know that he had problems with his eyesight. Maybe when he went blind and the scales 
fell from his eyes that damaged them. Now we do know that he says that he was weak in bodily presence, but strong in the spirit. So we don't know what that thorn in the flesh was, and I believe we don't know what it was because of the fact that your thorn is going to be different than my thorn. But the final matter is God's grace is sufficient. For your thorn in the flesh. I've, I've, uh, I've dealt with thorns in the flesh. Uh, I'm like the Apostle Paul. Uh, I want glory in my, in my accomplishments. I would rather glory in my infirmities. I've had, I've had pain. I'm supposed to go this week to have a shot in my back and they say if it works that it'll wear off in about a day. But he said if it works, uh, you tell me and we're gonna come back and you're gonna come in and we're gonna heat the tip of a needle. And, and stick it into your nerves and, and they said that it'll deaden them things for about a year if we're lucky you'll have a year and then you'll have to come back in other words I've sought the Lord I've sought doctors I've sought everything to get me out of pain but I've come to the realization that if it's pain I've got to live with God's grace will be sufficient Amen and now I'm seeking a way out there's nothing wrong was asking God. Uh, time and time again, Paul said three times, this is the great apostle. Uh, this is the apostle of all apostles probably that's done more for the Lord's cause uh, than any other apostle. He said, I was not behind even the chiefest of apostles, but he said, in laboring, I've outworked all of them. Uh, this was God's man, uh, the one that God Himself anointed. The only one that he called to be an apostle after he rose from the dead and ascended on high. He came down to Paul on the road to Damascus. We've been talking about Stephen in Sunday school the last few weeks and about how Stephen, no doubt, uh, preached the Gospel to the Apostle Paul as Paul was there. And as they laid their clothes down, now they didn't want to get blood on their clothes, and they laid their clothes down at a young man's feet whose name was Saul of Tarsus who later became the Apostle Paul. Uh, but as Stephen began to preach, uh, and different ones began to preach, uh, as Paul persecuted them, and they began to cry out to God uh, that God was able uh, to use their defense, uh, to use their message, uh, to work occasion in the Apostle Paul, uh, that on the road to Damascus, uh, Saul the Tarsus had traveled as far as he could go uh, when Jesus Christ came down and the Apostle Paul said, Who art thou, Lord? And Jesus said, I am he whom thou persecutest, Paul. And Paul was saved there. Uh, Paul wasn't seeking God, but God was actively seeking Paul. Can you see how it was in your life before that you were saved? I would say the things that had to happen to get you to the place where that grace was presented to you. God led you every step of the way. As Brother Barry Joe testified a while ago, now they went to Long Bottom, I believe he said, and God led them there that night. Now, my friend, I've heard Sister Megan testify of when she got saved and she was at a, at a slumber party with her uh, girlfriends at the time. I'm telling you things that have to happen that's orchestrated by the God of heaven in order to present to you the grace that is able to save your never-dying soul. 
I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the grace of God that's been sufficient. Now listen, it's been sufficient for me in the past. It's been sufficient in this past year. I faced things really I never thought I'd face. I faced mental things that I never thought I'd face. I faced physical things at a young age that I never thought I'd face. But, but I found God to be faithful. Amen. I found God to be faithful every day. I found His faithfulness to be new every morning and His graces to be new every morning. But my friend, grace, if you really want to know, it was poured out at Calvary in its fullness. The grace of God was poured out. Uh, you talk about the grace of God. I said you don't have to look far in the Bible to find it. I find a few chapters over from Adam, a man by the name of Noah. And the Bible doesn't say that Noah earned grace, but it says Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Aren't you glad grace cannot be earned? It's unmerited favor. There's nothing you could have done to earn salvation. Uh, there's no prayer that's going to be magic enough. And uh, no words are ever going to be there. It's the condition of your heart. And I know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so when your heart's full and you begin to cry out to God, He will provide grace the Bible says He granteth a measure of faith to every man. It's what do you do with that faith? Has He presented grace to you? I'm telling you, He did to Noah. The only chance that Noah had to be saved was the grace of God. But Noah found it in the eyes of God. I'm glad that one night I found grace in the eyes of God. It wasn't nothing that I'd done. Just a little boy. I wasn't able to do much. Wasn't able to do anything. I didn't know anything about complicated doctrine. But I found grace in the eyes of God. And He sought me out one night as people were knelt at the altar. And I thought to myself, Benji, that's where you need to go. There's where grace can be found. I'll say today it's still a place where grace is poured out. It's still a place. There's nothing magical about the altar, but it's a place where I've seen and I've witnessed firsthand. I've seen others find grace in the eyes of God at the old mourner's bench. There's nothing wrong with praying in your seat, but bless your heart. If you feel the need to come, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd come right now. I wouldn't wait to the end of the message. I wouldn't wait till the songs are being sung. But if you want to be saved, there is grace that awaits you today. It's unmerited favor. You don't need to come as you are. Uh, you don't have to get cleaned up first. But you come filthy and you come dirty and you come crying and you come begging and God will save your soul. Bless your heart. That's what He came for. He came to save sinners. The Bible said, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, Paul said, God's grace is sufficient. I don't know what your thorn in the flesh is today. Chances are it'll be different from mine. It might be a physical pain. It might be an unbearable pain. It might be a mental pain. It might be a mental anguish. It might be worry. It might be stress. As Sister Sonia was talking a while ago, it might be that the messenger of Satan 
is buffeting some of you, mamas and daddies. I want you to understand right now, I believe with all my heart, your children will be saved. I believe that is sure as I'm standing here today. I believe some of them might already be saved. I can't tell them that. And you can't tell them that. But I believe the grace of God has maybe been poured out upon some of you and you've just been bound up and not ever felt the grace and the power and the assurance. I'm telling you, you can settle that today. Wouldn't that be a glorious thing? I mean to get it all settled today. Not have to worry with it no more. Not have to. Not have. God's grace is sufficient. It's by grace. I'm glad He says it that way. It's by grace are ye saved. Not will be saved, but are saved. Those of us who have been born again, we don't have to wait till we come to the end of our life. We don't have to wait till we cross the bar uh, wondering whether or not uh, we're going to make it into glory. But by grace, we are saved through faith. Hallelujah to God. Paul said, whatever it is that you're going through, my grace will be sufficient. He said, my strength. Uh, Jesus said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. He told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm glad. His grace, not mine, but I'm glad His grace, His grace has gotten me through when nothing else worked. Amen. When I was dying, I nearly died with my appendix rupturing. It was the grace of God that brought me through. You, If you've been saved, it was the grace of God through faith that you've been saved. You didn't do anything to earn it. It's hard to believe. We, we live in a society that wants to put works into everything. You've got to earn it. Pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. And, and worldly speaking, there's truth in that. But let me tell you, and the spiritual matters and the spiritual realm, that doesn't work. It's all of grace. Or else works are no more works. And grace is no more grace. But I'm thankful that God still saves. Thankful that God still calls people out of sin. Thankful that God still calls men to preach His Word. Fallible men like me that need the grace of God. I think sometimes surely, uh, surely the angels would be a better mediator. But you know what? They really wouldn't because they've never been redeemed. They've never been saved. And they don't know how to tell a congregation that you can pass from death unto life because they've never been through it themselves. The Bible said the husbandman that partaketh, that, that soweth, must first be a partaker of the fruits. I've partaken of the fruits of glory and try to sow the seed now. Amen. In grace. My grace, Paul. So Jesus told Paul, my grace will be sufficient. That's how Paul endured all those things. It was through the grace of God. That's how I've endured the things in my life. It's all by the grace of God. And that's how you are enduring some of you right now. I don't have to know your life story. I don't have to know what's troubling you. But there's somebody here today that the messenger of Satan has been sent to buffet you. I thought about grace. 
You don't have to look far in the Bible. We've not even got out of Genesis yet. Barely even gotten started in Genesis. And you find Abraham called out of a pagan land, called out of Ur the Chaldees. For whatever reason, God laid His hand upon Abraham and He said, come out of that land and go to a place that I will later show thee. And Abraham got up and went and become the father of all the faithful, become the father of many nations. Now his descendants are as the sand of the sea as the stars in the sky. Now, but he knew nothing of God but the grace of God laid His hand upon him and said, Abraham, get out of that land. I'm telling you, you here that are lost, that God is laying His hand upon you and warning you, you better get out of that land. You better get out of that land of sin. You better flee from the place that you're in. You better flee to a place of repentance into a land I'm glad it's kind of saved. There is a land that's fairer than day. That's what He told Abraham. Abraham, there is a land, thank God, that I want you to go to. And He said, look now. And when Abraham finally got there, He said, now walk through it. And He said, look now to the north, the south, the east, and the west, and everywhere you set your foot, I'm going to give it to you. Thank God. Hallelujah. Our brothers and sisters, the message is still ringing true today. There is a land, thank God, that awaits those who have been saved by what? By grace. There is a land that's fairer than day. And by faith, I can see it afar. That's what carries us through. It's by grace you're saved through faith. Now when you think you can't take one step farther on, it's the grace of God that lifts you up and that carries you through. Now when you spend all night on your knees beside of your bed, a tear streaming down your face, I'll tell you we need more of that. I told the church yesterday I heard a message not too long ago about a man that was tending sheep. Ethan sent it to me. And he was talking about how the man of God compares to a shepherd. And he said these sheep would get loose and they'd get out of their pen and they'd get dirty and they'd get filthy. And the old shepherd would go searching after them. And he'd have to take their hooves and file them down. Uh, file them till the blood ran out. And though it might hurt for a while, He was helping them in the long run. That's the way God prepares a sinner. Uh, the godly sorrow hurts, but He's preparing you for something great. But you know what happened? He said the mama sheep would begin to cry and would begin to bleed. See, she couldn't get to her little lamb. She couldn't get to her little baby. Some of you mamas, as much as you've tried, your children are on the outside and you can't go to them and you can't save them. But my friend, what you can do is what that little you lamb did. He said, brother, that little sheep, that mama saw her baby on the outside and she began to run and pray and cry and lament. In other words, she was crying out to the shepherd, Go and get my child and bring it because I can't get to it. You cannot get to your children, but there is a man who can. Thank God. Hallelujah. He's the shepherd of the sheep. And he'll leave the 99. And that's what the man did. 
He left those sheep in the pen and he went out and he grabbed that little lamb up in his arms and he carried him back to his mother. Every child that has ever been saved by the grace of God, don't you know that's what happens? God will wrap you up in His arms and He'll bring you and lay you down at the feet of mom and daddy and you can look into their eyes and say, Mama, I've been saved by the grace of God. I'm telling you, His grace is sufficient. Didn't really know which way to go in this. Didn't even make it out of Genesis. But you could go farther into Genesis and find a man by the name of Joseph. The grace of God was heavy upon him. He suffered many things wrongfully imprisoned. He said, my soul is bound in these iron chains. And he said, the iron is even laid into my soul. He suffered for no reason. But I said while ago, the grace of God was poured out on the cross at Calvary. Yes, sir, it was. It was the grace of God that appeared to all mankind. It's the grace of God that's able to save you. Poured out on the man Christ Jesus who came simply to die for your sins. We're going to have Easter next week. We were talking in Sunday school this morning. Boy, I love Easter. It's my favorite holiday of the year. I love the birth. I love Good Friday or Good Thursday or Good Wednesday, whichever day you believe. It don't really matter the day to me. Uh, but the fact of the matter is He lay dead in the ground for three days and for three nights. Uh, but after three days, the Bible said He rose from the grave. If He had never rose from the grave, there would be no grace to bestow upon mankind. Amen. But because He rose, He's full of grace and truth. He will never lie to you. Did you know that? If He's told you you've been forgiven, you've been forgiven. I don't care what man thinks about it. I don't care what man says about it. If He's told you you've been saved, if you felt something change in your heart, if any time while you were praying or while you were seeking God and you felt something different, something pop in your heart. I'm not trying to puff you up. I'm not trying to save your soul. But I'm plainly saying unto you, if if that grace has been imparted to you, you're saved by that grace through your faith in the Son of God. And I, I can't speak for you, but you know. You know down deep. And if nothing's ever changed, you never felt nothing, my friends, you need to be seeking God. You're sinning away the day of grace. This day of grace will end at some point. The door at some point will be shut. And all that have traveled in through that door of grace, like Noah's Ark, are going to be safe on the inside. But there's going to be many, many, many in that day that are going to be on the outside because they sinned away the day of grace. His grace, sinner friend, I don't care what you've done in your life, I don't care the sins that you've committed. His grace is sufficient to save you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. His grace is sufficient. Whatever it is, child of God, that you might be going through. I've been through a bankruptcy. I know financial woes. I know, uh, I know, I know woes and troubles in the workplace. I know them in the house of God. I know them, uh, I know them just about every way. That you can be acquainted with grief. I'm acquainted with it. But it's the grace of God that I stand before you today. A year ago at this time, I couldn't do this. But by the grace of God, 
I'm a, there's an old song that McCamey sang called I'm a Trophy of Grace. How true that is. It goes on to say, I'm a part of the results of the old rugged cross. That's me. I'm glad that grace was poured out on me one night. I'm glad as I sought the Lord. I'm glad it was His grace that called me. It was His grace that laid His hand upon me, just like He did the Apostle Paul. And God told Ananias, Ananias, don't you be scared of this man because I've ordained him. I've laid my hands upon him. I've chosen him to be a vessel for me, an apostle to the Gentiles. The grace of God can reach a man wherever you're at. Is He reaching after you today? You can be saved by grace through faith. You'll never earn it. Stop trying to earn it. You'll never earn favor with God. Favor is something that's found. It's something that God gives. It is a gift to mankind. Stop trying to earn it. And just seek after it. Seek after grace. And see if God doesn't pour it out upon you. That's our message today. Come ahead with a song, brothers.